as I stated, uh, and I want to reiterate, in chapter 6 of the book of Galatians, Paul is very much concerned with the relationship church members have with one another. And so he's going to point out some things, and I just want to make a statement because I think it it will help us to understand where Paul is coming from. Church people, just like all people, are imperfect people. Uh, (laughs) Church people, just like all people, are imperfect people living in an imperfect world. And so Paul writes to the Galatians because he was concerned about how the church should treat a member who has committed an act of sin. He's concerned. He, he, he wants us to say, okay, hey, there's going to be some people in your midst, Major, that are a part of your, your church as a church person, and they are going to commit an act of sin. And there is a proper way to respond when they do it. Uh, yeah. And so he... he, he, he he, 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 the, the guidance that he provides, Sister Almanita, is both good for us as a group, but it's also good for us as individuals. And so, again, keep that in mind. As we look at Paul's letter, he's asking the Galatians and now us to do something that is extremely hard to do unless you operate from the pretext of love. When we get in there, you're going to see. Because some of the things that he's telling you to do, <laughs> if, you don't, if love don't drive you, it's going to be hard to do, Sister Jay, Sister Joyce. And so again, we, 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 our topic is what's love got to do with it. And I suggest to you that love has everything to do with how we should respond to a member that has committed a sin. <laughs> everything. And so before we get into 6 1, because I mean, 6 through Galatians 6 through uh, uh, 18, it's got some powerful stuff. But that's, I want us to turn to 1 Peter 4 and 8, because it's kind of like a precursor to that. And I'll be reading one version. Yours may be different, but uh, I think they're all saying the same thing. And I think, if, if, my, if my memory is correct, we got some microphones that have already been. Uh, passed out. And so what I would ask you to do is I would encourage you that if you have a comment or a question that you utilize the microphone. Not because the people in here can't hear you. It's more for the point of the uh, point out that those that are joining us online they, they, if we don't utilize the mic, they can't hear you. And we want them to enjoy the same uh, uh, same Sounds that we have. Okay, so let's go. So, so 1 Peter 4 and 8, and, uh, and I'm just going to talk to you about it. It says, uh, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of... <laughs> let, me, let me replete that. Above all, implies to do this more than anything else. (laughs) 
I mean, you, you, when you hear that word above all, it means, hey, listen, this, do this. It means to consider this before you consider anything else. <laughs> and so he says, above all, keep. And so let's talk about that word keep. Because keep means to, 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 to have or to hold. In its present tense, keep, keep, keep what? Keep fervent. So what does the word fervent refer to? It speaks to the extent of love. It means that love is to be unceasing, uh, continual, intense. I told you, I told you it's going to be hard. But you can do it if you work through love. Love is not to be cold and indifferent. Uh, you know, you know, y'all know what indifferent means, right? It is to be deep and urgent. In your love for what? <laughs> Wait a minute. In other words, above all, keep fervent in your love for. Wow. What makes love so important? He answers it in the next sentence. It's because love will cover a multitude of sins. Love will allow you to accept the faults of others. Love will allow you to forgive one another for their wrongs and their weaknesses. <laughs> We're gonna get there because, because, because see, see, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but 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 sometimes the church can be a courthouse. What is supposed to be a, a hospital? <laughs> and so Paul is reminding us that as as Brothers in Christ, there's a way that we're supposed to treat one another. So now, so now that we, 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 we looked at the precursor, let's get back to 6, Galatians 6, chapter 1. Again, if you, if you got any questions or comment, feel free to raise your hand, grab a mic, and we'll, we'll go for it, right? I'm sorry, are you there? Galatians 6, chapter 1. And I'm, I'm reading uh, New American Standard Version, but you are going read different. And so here's what it says. It says, brethren, even if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself Least ye too be tempted. Right? Six and one. The word brethren means to belong to the same people, right? I mean, you hear it all the time, even in your family. We call each other brother, right? Because we all belong to the same people, right? And so he, he, he says, Because it's important that we understand something. Brethren denotes 
family. And you and I, as Christians, we got to see each other as Cameron, you my sister. And you got to see me as yours. <laughs> because we, 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 we family major. What makes us family? Because we all have the same calling and the same purpose, right? And so he says, again, if a man is caught, man speaks of a human being, right? How many of you know that human, being human has the annotation that you got some weaknesses? <laughs> Listen, everybody in here has weaknesses. Brother Latham is a preacher of the gospel, been doing it for 20 years, and I got. <laughs> Major, you a deacon in the church. But I, but, but I would go on a limb and say, you got. Simply because of your human nature. And so he says, if any man is caught, Caught. The word caught means to take before one can escape from a crime. <sighs> we'll get there. How many of you have, have I, 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 real true story, I was riding in this guy's car major, and it was so smooth you couldn't eat. I mean, it was just so smooth you didn't realize how fast you were going until the police pulled the lights on us. And we were su surprised. We, we were surprised because we got. Sometimes sin can overtake you and you can be caught by some. Sometimes. When he took me. So <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me talk, because this, this, this group over here look like they can handle real talk. Sometimes, I, I, I put this in my notes, but I took it out, but I'm going to put it back in there. Because I believe y'all going to realize that I'm your brother, and y'all going to treat me with love after I make this statement, because it's going to put me out there. <laughs> Hey, I've been preaching this, this gospel for 20 years. And I mean, and I mean, and I, and I, and I, and I never forget. I, I, I mean, I've had times where major, where, you know, I was lifting weights. I mean, because I, I, I believe, I, I mean, I had made statements. I, I know I'm saved. I mean, one time I was in the gym, because, you know, most of y'all know I love lifting weights. And a weight dropped on my foot, on my toe. And I said, and I didn't cuss. I said, oh, I'm, no, I'm saved. 
The other day, y'all, the, the, the members, they came and said, man, why all your fingers look like, why you got all those band-aids on your fingers? Because I almost cut off all my fingers. <laughs> Out there trying to be a man, you know. But I didn't cuss. And I said, I know I'm saved. <laughs> got happy. But then on the third day of January 2023, <laughs> my count had to start all over again. Ah, oh, see, I told you, don't judge me. Two days into the new year, I got to start a cuss for 20 years. <laughs> Pastor, ain't cuss for 20 years, but all of a sudden, Can I be real? See, I got a ritual at my house, Major, that every morning at 4.30 I get up. I get up at 4.30 because my dog, we got an old dog, he old. And he don't, he, don't, he don't operate on real clock. That joker get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, want to go outdoors and eat breakfast, all that kind of stuff. And Sister Lazy don't make me, she don't move a muscle. <laughs> so it falls to me, right? And so I'm in there, and I'm preparing his breakfast. And this time, I, I normally got this, this plastic stuff that I pull this food out because he eat wet food. He ain't got no teeth. <laughs> That's how old he is. The dog ain't got no teeth, so he, I got to give him wet food. But when I went over to, to out the Aldi major, they didn't have the kind I had to get, so I had to get a can. I'm going somewhere. And so I opened this can, and now I'm trying to get his dog food out because he's sitting there, he, he waiting. And I reach in there with a, with a spoon to get in there, and all of a sudden, I... That's why y'all see this band-aid on my face, wrapped in tape. And I heard something I hadn't heard for 20 years. And I looked around, and I said, well, where did that come from? I knew it wasn't Sister Latham, but Pastor, because she was in there. Then I looked at Gizmo, and I said, well, I guess Gizmo didn't talk, because he's a dog. That came out of you, Latham. <laughs> and God said, hey. I said, God, what? He said, because I wanted to let you know. That you ain't all of that in a bag of chips. <laughs> don't walk around here like, <laughs> don't walk around. <laughs> See, now, you ain't gonna never hear no preacher tell y'all no stuff like that. That was one time in 20 years. And I'm praying that it's gonna be another 20 years. But again, he's talking about how we are to respond to church members who have committed a sin. So I'm going to look in your soul. Now that you know that Latham has said a word, how are you going to treat me? All right. <laughs> 
Oh, the anointing ain't on him no more. <laughs> no. The anointing's still there. I was caught by surprise. Getting back to our text. The word trespass means to fall. It speaks of a lapse or a deviation from truth and righteousness. In the context of this message, Paul is telling us how to treat a member who has sinned, but is not a habit. I, fight, I fell, but it ain't. <laughs> Y'all better hear me. And sometimes people, go ahead, we got to come in. Go ahead. You got a mic? The reason why you feel a little bad about what happened is because you were sure, you was clear of that sin. Oh, absolutely. To you. But Jesus didn't die for the righteous, he died for those that go and mess up like me and you. When he died, he, he, he didn't die because they think, okay, well, they're going to just be fine. They're not going to mess up and all that, so they don't need me, no. We need Jesus. That's why he died, because we're going to mess up. And Amen. we can't go to him and beg him forgiveness. Amen. And, 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 let me plead to Pastor real quick, since he's my boss. Hey, Pastor, don't take me out the rotation, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like to make it. I, I like to make it light. But but the bottom line is we 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 try to make it relevant to you too. <laughs> Thank you. And Gizmo can't talk, so we should be good to go. He says, well, "Watch this, if a brother, if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual." Y'all got to guess this. All members of the church are not prepared to deal with the person caught in sin. <laughs> y'all better hear me? <laughs> That's why some of y'all need to quit telling folk what you done did. And then you wonder why they done told everybody, <laughs> they told everybody else know you've been why? Because they wouldn't have quit. <laughs> you, hey, you, you didn't tell sister girl, she didn't tell sister girl, you didn't tell brother man, and your stuff all <laughs> Everybody ain't equipped to handle what you tell them, Fred. It says, those who are spiritual. See, I, as Christians, we got to embrace the spiritual aspects of what it is that God would have us to do. Sometimes I, I think we, we, we concentrate too much on our fleshly response and not necessarily how God would have us to do it spiritually. See, the spiritual person lives under the control of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And y'all know what happens with a person who's operating in the Holy Spirit, right? They manifest the fruits of the Spirit. 
And because they manifest the fruits of the Holy Spirit, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is gentleness. <laughs> Listen, because they're operating in the fruits of the Spirit, I can take what you tell me and respond in the appropriate manner because I'm being directed and guided by the Listen, that's why, and he says he does it in a spirit of gentleness. Listen, when somebody done messed up, the last thing they see you doing is talking to them like they're a child. Beating them down. I'm at my weakest point, and now you're going to talk. When you should be trying to help me. That's why he says in this next text, right there, restore such a one. You can't restore nobody when you're beating them down. Do it in a spirit of just, listen, and when I say generally, that don't mean you negate the fact that they done did something wrong. Listen, you can tell me I did something wrong, you can do it in a way that encouraged me to do better. And so again, he says, restore. The emphasis in 6 and 1 is not on rebuking somebody. <laughs> I think, Sister Adrian, a lot of times we, we focus on the rebuking and forget about the restoration. Then you wonder why you don't see brother man no more. You done ran him away. <laughs> now he sure enough ain't gonna, can I say sure enough? He sure enough ain't gonna get no help now. Because he ain't nowhere where he need to be. Again, we're talking about how to respond to a brother or sister who has committed a sin. The church should be a place where wounds are healed. <laughs> See, God never intended for the church to become a courtroom filled with judges and juries. <laughs> Oh, man, listen, I'm telling you, I've been there, I, I, I've seen it. You go in there and ain't nothing, it's everybody a judge, ain't it? Maybe down what I did and did something, and everybody, the judge and jury, doom, guilty. <laughs> when a person comes to the church, it's supposed to be a hospital. <laughs> what do they do in the hospital? The nurses and the doctors help mend you. They help fix what has been. <laughs> Again, Paul is trying to encourage us how we as church members should handle one who has committed a sin. Look at the posture. Restore 
in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself, lest ye be tempted. Now that's deep. He said, when you deal with somebody else, you need to make sure that when you deal with them, you make sure you take a look at yourself. <laughs> because one day, it, the road may be reversed. <sighs> and so you do it the way that the Holy Spirit would tell you to do it, and it would probably be more beneficial. In verse 2, let us read verse 2. Verse 2. He talked about, made read verse 2. I, I left it out in my notes here. Verse 2. Verse 2. Share, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. Oh, okay. Okay. In verse 2, Paul is suggesting to the Galatians that they should do more than put up with sinning members. They should pick them up. And guess what? Once a member has been picked up, it then becomes our responsibility to hold them I just told you it was going to be hard, Freddie. Somebody said it's hard. When you see someone fall, God places the emphasis on us. See, that's when you got to get out of self and focus on others. Fred, Fred has done something, and I, it's now become my responsibility to help Fred, get back to where he needs to. <laughs> That's hard. Because selfish is saying, hey, listen, what he did, that's his fault. And it is his fault. But even in the midst of it being his fault, he may need you to help him or her. Bear one another burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. See, the word bear speaks of unity. It means to take up with hands in order to carry something. Wow. So, I want you to get a visualization of this. When Willie goes through, I ain't gonna try to pick you up, Willie, because I ain't gonna throw my back out. But it, it, it's plain an analogy. When they do it, when they fall, Willie, I'm supposed to try to pick them up, put them on my shoulder, and carry them to where they need to get to. He says burdens. How many of y'all know what a burden is, right? 
A burden is, <laughs> can be anything. It can be financial. It can be spirit. Burdens are burdens, and they are heavy. And see, Paul, what he's trying to get us to understand is, as a Christian, y'all better catch this. You don't need to be out there trying to live this life, this Christian life by yourself. <laughs> Robin, because it's hard enough to carry burdens when you're trying to do them by your. But it's a lot easier when you've got somebody who's willing to come alongside you and help you through whatever it is you're going through. He's talking about helping, right? And thus fulfill the law of Christ. Oh, that's deep there. See, I said, what's love got to do with it, right? There can be no burden bearing without love. <laughs> you ain't going to want to do it. You can't do it unless you got operating in the power of love. Jesus made sure that we understood this because he says something. I'm going to give you a scripture for you to read at your convenience, but I'm going to read it to you. It comes out of John 13, 34 through 35. And here's what he says. And it's very key. A new commandment, right, I give to you that you love one another. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By all, by this, all men will know that ye are my, what? If you have he said, all men will know that you are my disciple, will, will, uh, uh, will it? If. <laughs> Every time I read if, I realize that's a condition. <laughs> they won't know you one of his if you don't show love for one another. Most people Really, they've heard it so long that they missed the significance of that particular scripture. Jesus, I mean, in the Bible is always talking about love. And I think what is happening sometimes is we just get so conditioned to hear it, it doesn't register like it's supposed to. He says, a new commandment. So let's take a look at that. And I want to hear your viewpoints. This is not the old commandment. This is the. The old commandment said, love thy neighbor as thy. Right. This is not a human neighborly love that Jesus is talking to his disciples about. Oh, yeah, I knew they were going to generate and I'm glad. See. See, 
The, he's going, and I'm going to show you, he's inferring that, hey, as Christians, we're supposed to love everybody, but there's a special kind of love. That you and I, because of who, our relationship with each other and with Christ, are supposed to have. Wow. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to love my neighbor over here, and I do love him. But there's a difference in the love that I'm supposed to have for Major Hunt. Anybody want? Anybody, anybody got questions? Because I, I, I know that's. Anybody want to come in? Uh, let, me, let me get there. Because I, I welcome this commandment appears to be given to disciples. Only. He's talking to the disciples. Watch this. It is a love between believers and brothers and sisters as servants of God who minister together. Did y'all, I mean, first of all, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm soliciting feedback. Did you know that? That you're supposed to have a different type of love for those that are in the family of Christ? Did you know that? Do you believe that is the question? Well, you ain't got to, I mean, just something to think about. Verses three and four. Three and Verses 3 and 4 are going to talk about having a proper view of yourself. See, because sometimes what we can do is we can have a, a view of ourselves that may not be accurate. <laughs> sometimes we can have a view of ourselves where we think we all let in a bag of... And so he, 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 he introduces some. So I'm reading verses 4 and 5. Here's what it says. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is not, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regards to himself alone and not in regard to others. In other words, this ain't a competition. See, for if anyone think he is something when he's nothing. What Paul is getting us to understand here, Brother Jesse, is that there is absolutely no place for feeling like you are superior than anybody else. Oh, what? Fred, man, I'm ordained. I've been preaching this gospel for 20 years. And they ain't no better than Sister Latham who ain't preached it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Latham, you need to go drop yourself a little bit, Rem Latham. <laughs> drop yourself, Deacon so-and-so. Just because you got the title don't mean you know better than 
Oh, man. (laughs) We're all human beings. No matter what you do, whatever you intend, if you did it, God allowed you to. You can't. (laughs) For any of those things. He deceives himself. (laughs) Listen, really, it's one thing to be deceived by others. See, Joyce, it's one thing if I allow you to deceive me. It's another thing if I allow myself to be deceived. (laughs) I fool my own self. (laughs) See, the word deceive means to trick. Robert, it's okay for you to trick me, but Lord have mercy if I trick myself. And sometimes we can have an opinion of ourselves that will, uh, because it's mine, this mine, this mine. If if it's not under the, the operation and guidance of the Holy Spirit, it allows you to think some things that are really not. And so again, Paul is, is, is he, he's talking to them because he wants them to operate in love. Verse four, but each one must examine his own work and then he will have reason for boasting in regards to himself alone and not in regards to others. So watch this. The word examine means to test, to prove to scrutinize for the purpose of seeing whether a thing is genuine or true or not. So, 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 so this is how it works, right? It suggests a testing. So you go through a test. How many know we go through tests? If, at some point, Christians go through tests. If you haven't been through a test or trial, don't say Latham spoke it on me. <laughs> but it's coming. <laughs> it, that's, just, that's just natural. But when you go through a test or a trial, what you're supposed to do, Adrian, is you're supposed to take, once it's over, take a step back and do an self-examination and see how you fared based on how you responded to that trial and tribulation based on the word of God. Can I give you a real example? You know, my wife, she, you know, she, she knows when she shows up, she's going to be in half time and put her in the teaching. And so she and I, we're in a conversation. I'm making this up as we go. And she and I, we're having a dialogue, and all of a sudden, it gets heated to the point. Well, it, 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 it is no longer responding the way it should go. Afterwards, Major, the only way I can applaud myself if I handle it the way I should have handled it. <laughs> it, it you know, a pastor used to say, it, it take two fools to what? 
I heard him say. So she and I in this conversation, if I take the appropriate action and says, can I, can I do my military thing? You know, I did 30 years in the military. They used to teach us what they call about face. I'm going to see if I still got it, chief. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Take a step back and go in the opposite direction. I can boast in myself. Only in myself. I can't compare myself to how she was. <sighs> Again, he's talking about verse 5. Man, y'all, y'all ain't saying too much tonight. Verse 5. For each one will bear his own load. Now, wait a minute. If, if, if you remember in verse 2, it says something else. It said we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. But here it says everybody got to bear it. It, sound, it seems like a contradiction, but it's not. Paul told them, see, the word load means, just like the other, a burden. It is used, and I, I need you to, to, to get the, the analogy, it is used in the context back then they had to load the ship. Right? And, and, and at the time, loading the ship could be heavy and grinding work, right? And so, 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 so I want you to take that in mind as we talk about it because I want you to understand when he says the word load, he is speaking of the general obligations of life. All of us got obligations in life. I mean, duties, responsibilities. We all got them. We have a personal responsibility to carry out our duties, our load. <laughs> in this context, we all have a personal responsibility to carrying out our calling and our ministry. <laughs> oh, you see, y'all, 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 y'all. Y'all didn't realize that, did you? As Christians, you got calls on your life. You got a ministry. Jesus gave it to you. And you have a personal responsibility to carry that responsibility, that load. Pastor talking about, even now he's talking about on Sunday. You can't depend on me to carry your responsibility. If God gave you a responsibility, and he did, if you don't know, you better ask him. <laughs> because he didn't gave it to you. And when he gives you something, he expects you to do something with what he gave you. <laughs> and he said, hey, listen, Jesse, you got to carry your own load, and it ain't Latham's responsibility. As Christians, we all have to carry our own load. We have to take responsibility for what God is calling you to do. And the excuse that I don't know, 
I wouldn't want to take it to God like that. Because he always tells us, if you want to know something, what? That's a prayer about. God, I, I, I need some guidance. I need some direction. I need to know. Well, I'm glad you asked. Verse 6. All right? Verse 6. And let the one who is taught the word share all good things with him who teaches. Now, this is key. And I, listen, cause, so, so let me get there because I, I don't want to jump. I get happy and sometimes jump ahead. The word taught means to what? Instruct, right? It is referring to being taught or instructed in the word of God. I want to make sure that we, 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 we focus. That's the talk we're talking about. God or Paul places a high value on spiritual ministry. How many of you know the word teaching or sharing the word of God is spiritual ministry? <laughs> Listen, you are here so that your spirit can be fed. You, listen, there's many places that you could have been right now. There's some people that ain't going to meddle. There's some places that you could have been. There's some places that, hey, you, those you online, you could have been somewhere else. But you said, hey, I'm going to do something, and I'm going to invest in my spirit. And you've got to understand that when you do that, it's going to pay dividends. <laughs> when you invest in this word and get it in your, into your inner man, it will produce good stuff. See, that's why he said those who are spiritual. Those who are spiritual. Let me say, so I want to commend you all for being online and in person, for being here, for investing in your spirit. Watch this, verse 6 and 7, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, this will he also See, y'all got to understand something. God is quoting an absolute there. <laughs> God is the only one that can, 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 can put in place absolute. He's talking about laws. <laughs> Just like the law of God, gravity. What goes up must. <laughs> There's no deviation, Fred. It's got that. He says, whatsoever a man sows, that he shall also. Listen, when a farmer plants potatoes, right? He sows potatoes and he don't expect to get no green beans. He expects to harvest what he has So 
So what does that mean to you and I? Okay. You need to decide. You need to decide what you want to harvest spiritually. <laughs> Y'all didn't catch it, did you? You need to decide what you want to harvest spiritually and let that control what you sow. Did that make sense? If there's a certain thing that you want to harvest in the spirit, that's what you need to focus and sow. And if you sow it, God is saying you will reap it. Listen, I never forget one time. I got this, and it's not a competitive spirit. I went home one time, and I, and I, and I, got this, I had this friend. His name's Anders, and he's a pastor now. He wasn't a pastor at the time. And we got to talking, and, and man, this dude was like, whoo! Maybe I went to my mama. I said, Mama, what's up with, what's up with, with Anderson? Man, we're the same age. You know what she said? She said, that boy spent time. <laughs> he put in work. He always in the word. And it was evident because he was reaping what he had I wasn't competitive, but it realized that I had, I, I made a vow right then and there. I need to put in more. There's nothing wrong with you desiring to be a spiritual powerhouse. In fact, you should want to be a spiritual powerhouse. In this world, you need to be working in the spirit. But it don't come with osmosis. <laughs> Did y'all catch that? Just because you want it, don't mean it's going to happen. You got to do something to make it happen. And so in this piece, we, he's saying, whatever you wrote, uh, sow, that you shall also reap. Verse Eighty-nine. Here's what it says. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall reap from the flesh, what? Corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit shall reap from the spirit eternal life. Verse 9. And let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time, we shall reap if we grow, do not grow weary. Now here, it, Paul seemed to be suggesting that there are only two places where you can sow or invest, either in the flesh or the spirit. So if you're not doing one, 
That means you're automatically doing the uh, <laughs> If you're not sowing to the spirit, that means you're automatically <laughs> sowing to the flesh. And, and, and so y'all do know what the works of the flesh are, right? For, for those of you that might have missed when Adrian taught, let me just go over this. A few, and I'm not gonna call all of them because there's a whole bunch of them. When you sow to the flesh, man, it's all it's all kinds of stuff out there. But he identified them in Galatians 5 and 19, 21 through 21 for those of you that may be taking notes and want to read later. One of the, the, the things of, of when you sow to the flesh, it talks about sexual immorality. Another one was jealousy. What? So if I'm a jealous guy, maybe I'm. Let me keep it, let me keep, keep it moving. Outburst of anger. I mean, I mean, you just an angry son of a gun. Always angry. <laughs> Everybody make you angry. Every time you walk around, he mad. She mad. Sooner or later, if you sow to the flesh, you will bring a harvest of destruction. But look at the counter to it. But the one who sows to the spirit, in other words, the one who does everything or God is the focal point, guess what they do? Look at the, the fruits of the spirit. Oh, whoa, man. How many would y'all, how many, I'm just going to call out some of this, and I want you to raise your hand if you would like some of this. Love. Woo, yeah. Joy. Yeah. Woo. Peace. Goodness. Oh, man, so much stuff. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Man, they still... Y'all can put your hand down now. <laughs> but they, they enjoyed it. They wanted so much. They got, they, they, little kids got both of their hands up. They set an example. But again, so, so he, he, he's making it clear that we, whatever we sow, we shall also reap, right? He says, but don't grow weary of doing good. See, sometimes... When you done sold all this good stuff, and you thinking, man, I'm doing all this good stuff, and I ain't seeing the manifestation of none of it. He said, don't stop. Be patient. And in due time, it's gonna, you're going to reap it. And so, and so again, that's what you and I, as, as, as Christians, we got to understand, hey, just, you just keep doing good, Major. And God makes us a promise based on his laws that you're going to reap good stuff if you do good stuff. Verse 10. After encouraging the Galatians and now us not to grow weary, he says in verse 10, so then... Okay, so don't grow worried. 
Don't grow weary. And in the meantime, do this. While we have an opportunity, let us do good to all men and especially to what? What? To the house of faith. I, I'm going back to what I originally stated. We ought to do good to everybody. But if, to me, for, help me out, Fred, you're a preacher. But, it, but, but, but to me, it, it infers that I'm supposed to, especially Fred. If I got little Johnny over here that ain't a member, uh, 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 not a member, a Christian, a believer, and I got Fred, and I only got one apple to give, <laughs> chances are I'm going to give it to Fred. And God looked like he ain't got a problem with that, will he? <laughs> I know, I know that, I know that. I, listen, if you don't want, if you, if you shy and receiving yours, then I'll take it. <laughs> Go ahead and prefer me. I'm telling you up front, I'll take it, Major. <laughs> Because I want all that God will allow me to have. Verse 11. Wow. Paul says, see with, with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. Here it appears that Paul, because Paul, a lot of you, you know, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. But there are some who says Paul dictated a lot of his letters. You know, he had people who, 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 who would, he would dictate and they would write what he, and the Holy Spirit were guiding all of it. But he, then he says, hey, listen, right now I'm writing. <laughs> Which seems to infer to me, Adrian, hey, all of it is important. But I want you to know I'm writing this. I'm writing it with large letters. Y'all know when something is important, a lot of times we bold it, don't we? When something is important, when you want to get somebody's attention on a text, we put it all in caps. <laughs> because we really want you to get your attention. Hey, when my, hey listen, first I didn't know what it was. I was like, man, what? Why, why, is it, why is all the words large? My daughter will help me to that thing. She said, Dad, because I want you to stop doing what you're doing and respond to this because this is in. And Paul, I believe, is saying in this particular piece that what I'm telling you and what I'm getting ready to tell you, pay particular attention to what I'm telling you. And with all your ability, do it. See, it's one thing to pay attention to something, but it's another thing to do it. Even in this word that we teach, 
It's okay to pay attention to it, Willie, to learn it. But that is not the end game. The end game is you're going to have to take it, practice it, and she said, do it. And so again, we're, we're, we're talking from that large standpoint. So, in verse 12 and 13, it says this. Those of you, and I'm reading New Living Translation, New American Standard was, it was a lot of archaic words, and I knew that it, it could throw us off, so I, I flipped for this particular, for the remainder of the scriptures to New Living, simply because it ca captures a more easier uh, verbiage. And so here's what it says. Verse tw 12 and 13. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. Verse 13. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so that they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. So here's what Paul is saying in that particular letter. Paul had been arguing throughout the letter that the law could not be added to the gospel. Y'all would catch that. You don't need to, see, <laughs> to add the law to the gospel results in a different gospel. In fact, it really ain't the gospel. When you take stuff and add it to the gospel, you have now diluted, and what you have is not the gospel. Y'all better hear me. It's important for you as a Christian to know that, hey, listen, you don't need to add or you don't need to allow anybody to add anything to the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, they were trying to see. Paul was letting them know that, hey, Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone can save. These Judaizers were trying to say, hey, listen. Jesus Christ alone is not enough. What? He's not enough. You got to get circumcised. Praise the Lord, Major. <laughs> that day ain't a requirement today. But again, he, what you and I need to understand, what Paul's advocating is that, hey, listen, don't allow anybody to put anything on the gospel. The, Christ, the cross itself is enough for all of us. Even today, the gospel supersedes and triumphs everything else. Y'all got to believe that. It's what you need to follow. What is the gospel? 
the good news of Jesus Christ, his teachings, his death, his atoning on the cross. If you subscribe to that and confess him, that's all you need. Verse 14. Paul does something really powerful here. He said, as for me, ah, Paul getting ready to stand up. See, Paul going to let us know something here in a second. I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. Paul wants everyone to know that he would never boast about anything except the cross. The Judaizers were boasting about other things, but he said, I'm going to boast about Jesus Christ. I'm gonna, in other words, I'm going to brag about what Jesus has done. That's what it's all about. See, Paul knew that this world and his system, this present age, is what Jesus came to deliver us from. How many of you know that this present age is it's rough right now? There's a lot of stuff happening right now. I mean, I mean, they, I mean, it's, I mean this, this world is it's kind of wicked. But Jesus came to deliver us from that. Because of Jesus' work on our behalf, Paul was letting them know that the world system no longer dictated how he lived. Wow. Paul said, listen, I'm in this world, but I don't allow the world to dictate how I live. And that's the same thing you and I got to do. We, we've heard this often, Sister Vernica. This ain't our home. We're just traveling through. And, and so we're in this world, but we shouldn't allow this world to dictate, Sister Pam, how we live. We should live based on how Christ has told us to live. And you need to understand that the world system and Christ system are at odds most of the time. <laughs> Christ in love, the world said, get him back. <laughs> right? That's at odds. Christ said, hey, if they need something, give them a coat off your back. The world say, I got mine. You go get yours. And so again, the, the, the world system, and so, so Paul is letting us know, watch this, that he has been crucified with Christ. Paul said, listen, I don't have an identity crisis. See, in the world now, there's a lot of identity crisis going on. <laughs> Folks just don't know who they are. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on, listen. I ain't going to go down that road, but y'all, y'all, I mean, I, I, man, they got so many categories. 
Paul said, I ain't got that problem. I know who I am. I am crucified with Christ. I am Christ-like. You and I can't have an identity crisis. The most important thing in our lives has to be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our willingness to make him happy with our lives. I'm telling you. I, I, listen, even, again, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I learned it from pastor. I pick up every now and then. You know, I'm going to speak to those of you that married, which I'm a bunch, right? I'm married. Because I got to be very careful, because Sister Latham is super important to me. In fact, she's the best thing I've had. Well, I tell you, she's been with me a long, good to me, Major. Came here this morning, hey, Adrian, came here today. I had my sleeve down. She said, you don't look right, and rolled them up. <laughs> she, I mean, she, super good to me. But I got to be very careful that I don't make her the most Because <laughs> she's good to me. <laughs> But even though she's good to me, she can't be better. Than Jesus Christ in my life. And so again, we you guys have been a very good audience, I gotta tell you. Verses 15 and 16. He says, It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What count is whether we've been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle, and they are new people of God. So let me break down it again. Circumcision or uncircumcision doesn't mean a thing. Christ or Christianity is not about a set of rules. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I know we got rules, and, and you should have rules. Because if you ain't got rules, you're going to have chaos. But don't focus on the rules. Put more emphasis on the relation. Christianity is all about the relation. <laughs> And so once you do those type of things, you'll see some great things that happen in your life. He says this. Those who recognize and live according to this standard will experience God's peace and mercy. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. And, and, I, and I've seen some of y'all testimonies, so I know y'all got this thing. Man, it ain't nothing like having peace and mercy in your life. I'm telling you, man, you, you can wake up and I don't care what's happening. I mean, I don't want to say don't care because you care. You always care. But you don't allow it to take you off track. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, 
I know that no matter what happens, God is in control. And once you realize that, you can have peace and mercy in your life, no matter what you are experiencing in your life. In the final two versions, we're getting ready to close. Verses 17 and 18. I found it ironic that Paul issues a warning and then he gives us what we call a benediction in verse 18. In verse 17, he says, From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body the scars that I belong to Jesus Christ. See, Paul is now just, just reminding them, hey, listen, man. What I'm telling you and what I went through and what, what it appears to have happened, Paul went through some persecution. Not we haven't, but I mean, maybe you have, I don't know. But he, he went through some physical stuff. And, and, and it's believed that he was referring to the scars on his body. But he said, hey, listen, regardless of what I went through, I'm still with Jesus Christ. Amen. But then he makes a point and he says, now, I want to bless you. And then he prays for us in verse 18. So again, you know, I started off this off with this, right? And, you know, we made our time, and I appreciate you all for being a, an excellent audience. Uh, I asked the question, or I made a statement, what's love got to do with it, right? That was the piece, right? And I'm going to tell you something. Love has everything to do with it. If we're going to operate and make that difference that God expects us as Christians to make, we got to operate in that, 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 that type of love. I'm talking about a love that will get other folks' attention. Wow. What? What? Yeah. Why, why y'all love so much, people? Why y'all like that? Why how can you love so deeply? Sometimes that may be the proponent of someone else wanting to know who Jesus Christ is. <laughs> Man, what you got, Finley? I want some of that. Let's give the Lord a hand and clap of praise. Thank you for your attendance.